0: Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm Nikki. Welcome to Swipe Fat. Where dating's hard. But dating when you're fat is even harder. So you're back from your European adventure. Okay, you say that like you also weren't in Europe. (laughs)
1: I I was only there for a week. You were there for like a month. (laughs) You met me at
0: the tail end of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was there for a week. You were there for a month.
0: (laughs) Two other weeks. So it was three weeks. I don't Dating. know it felt
1: like a long time and then it was a and long then time. just wait you get back and you immediately go on an adventure in the midwest and then you go to Florida so yeah.
0: <laughs> what uh, girls gotta hustle man
1: uh, our friends were like yeah she's always out of town I was like yeah I know like <laughs> I know I don't <laughs> they're like well when's she back I don't know she tells me in a calendar
0: <laughs> yeah
1: She's just doing things. Well, places.
0: I definitely the beach was needed.
1: <laughs> yeah. See, you're like, the beach was needed. I'm going to just, I would have been like, hours in my house are needed. I'm going <laughs> to stay for a week in my house and never leave. <laughs> the what
0: problem is, that? I work in my house. You can,
1: the and house you worked has at work. the
0: And you worked at the beach. Not really, though. Not really. Florida was great, the beaches were great. Um, I am home now, forever, forever,
1: forever and ever mm-hmm. until she goes to Thailand
0: in February. Yes, in February. next year I'm here until
1: 2024. Okay, <laughs> good. She's grounded
0: <laughs> for a few months.
1: <laughs> well, we did Spain.
0: We did Spain. What was your favorite part of Spain? Oh, that's a hard one.
1: Um, like my favorite city we did. Okay, you could or do like that favorite. Way.
0: I was going to say activity.
1: Act oh, okay. What's well, favorite day? <laughs>
0: I feel like I know what you would pick.
1: What would what I pick? Okay, should
0: I pi- should I guess? Sure. I thought you would pick the Hamam day.
1: Well, I did love the Hamam day, obviously. I love a Hamam. <laughs> the, you know, uh the But it was just
0: like your kind of day, like yeah, bobbing around fa- it was. going to shops. Stopping to get a drink, you know.
1: My the shop I went to was to get a new suitcase, so I didn't really shop. (laughs) Um, I was on a, I was on a very uh, hectic mission. Um, because I woke up that morning, (laughs) and I literally started looking for a suitcase, like at. (laughs) 9am
0: <laughs> but <laughs> so, also it was like a Sunday and it was a Sunday was and close. everything was
1: closed yeah uh, that's why it was hectic <laughs> yeah um so yeah I, I, I got... guess
0: maybe not your favorite day. I think no, no, I that retract part,
1: that part was the morning of trying to shop wasn't my favorite but I think like yes we went to like uh we went to a pre- perfumery is that the word then we went and got churros and then we went to the mom and then um, then, oh, me and one of the girls ended up walking all the way back to the hotel and like getting lost and stuff. Um, that was cool. You know, I do like that part. Um, and then we had our farewell dinner, which was fun. Yeah. That I was a good, that cheesecake. was a good day. <laughs> we all love the cheesecake. <laughs> it's so uh, good. My, all the videos, because I realized, so we had this really good deconstructed cheesecake and they did it at the table side. The first time, so they grated Parmesan cheese on it, and I went, oh, my God, (laughs) like the most annoying American thing, and they ended up doing service three times, and every single time, we started saying, oh, my God, and then the assistant was like, oh, my
0: God, chicas. Yeah. It wasn't just you, though. I have a video of it, too. And it's like three of us. Oh, going, is it? Oh. oh, my God. But we just, all sound in my exactly video. The same. In my video, I just hear me in the yeah, annoying you're, voice. That makes sense, though. That yeah. makes sense. So I could hear myself, yeah. you, and one other person. I think that's why. Because you know. she was like, all three of you keep saying it.
1: And then the second time around, I counted one, two, three. <laughs>
0: so we could all say it together. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was good. That was a good dinner. We cried a lot
0: yeah <laughs> yeah
1: you cried a lot I teared yeah. up
0: you cried a lot <laughs> it was a long it was a long week
1: yeah uh, I know Long week. it was good but I think city-wise I like Sevilla
0: really I liked Granada more
1: I think feel like we have more time in Granada does that make sense or no
0: it was the same amount of time I yeah
1: think. okay yeah it was the same amount of time, but I think like we had more. No, we had more free time in Sevilla, so I don't really know.
0: You did, I if you both. liked if you liked. I liked it, both. You liked them. It. I like. Yeah, both they're both great. Yeah. I think I just liked Granada a little bit more. This just mm-hmm. so different.
1: Very different. Like different than anything. Yeah, because ever... like
0: I don't know. Not that all European cities are the same, but sometimes you're like, okay. Like I went to Prague the week before, and I was like, yeah, that was nice. Yeah, but I wasn't like blown away by how like. Mm-hmm unique or different it was Mm -hmm. and i felt like blown away by granada and how different and unique it was
1: yeah my um one of my bosses what told me he was looking at moving getting a house over there um and he needed somewhere that spoke spanish because his kids speak spanish too and um we're near mountains and he was like so like did you see the skiing i was like no i didn't see the skiing sorry i can't like report at all
0: I saw some I mean, shops
1: and I ate some It was food.
0: 90 and I, degrees. <laughs> and I saw the Alhambra. <laughs> like
1: yeah. I'm assuming. I saw the two mountains.
0: You're like, uh, it was also, I could, like, it was so hot. It was yeah. so hot. Mm-hmm. You're Like, it's beginning of October. We're Everything in Chicago looks like, s- I mean, it was hot here too, you it said. Was like,
1: they had the last hot day, like, while we were there.
0: It was like almost 100 degrees. Mm-hmm so hot it was i don't think we were prepared for that yeah mentally mentally is what i mean yeah and anyway it was great but i think we're gonna go more in depth right um on on the patreon this month yeah
1: yeah let's have a little chat about all of it
0: yeah a little little gossips Little moments. Gossips. (laughs) There
1: well, there's one gossip that we need to talk to. Oh
0: my god. Talk about on
1: our way on our walk down in Granada. What happened to you and I that none of the girls know about.
0: I think we need to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. All right. That is gossip.
1: It is gossip. Because (laughs) none of them know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh
0: Uh, man. Okay. Well, we're moving on to a different, a completely different topic. Like you said earlier, you were like, we're going in with a bang because we haven't done the podcast in a while.
1: Yeah. We are a month. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: We're back back and we have a guest on today um, who is going to be talking to us about relationships and sex. It is Catherine Drysdale. She is a sex and relationship coach and we're going to talk about body confidence, sex tips, all the things. let's talk
1: about sex baby i don't want to talk about you and me but let's talk about sex
0: (laughs) you don't want to talk about your own sex life Mm, mm,
1: mm, i don't i don't have one (laughs) so (laughs) we can't talk about my sex life but (laughs) maybe we'll get into that too Who knows?
0: is that a vulva behind you yeah (laughs) of course it is
1: (laughs) me is that a pink avocado behind <laughs> yeah, you how
0: so would you that
1: <laughs> I was like I don't know it's something oh
2: <laughs> yeah, vulva.
0: vulva squishy I love-, I love her she's so cute <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> also <laughs> even more funny that you thought it was an avocado I mean
2: I was just like it's I mean sweet. yeah the, the shape is similar to like the plushies so yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. I, I not <laughs> apparently my brain's not as
2: evolved okay <laughs> it's fine <laughs> we're not my... we're not used to seeing vulvas in many in places squishy so. form so, that's yeah. true yeah, yeah well,
0: that's this fair is,
2: this is the way that i'm able to educate like online and like on tiktok especially so like oh, right. i can't use like actually anatomically connected correct models yeah because otherwise it will get flagged by the platform so like when it looks like cartoon form (laughs) then I can or I can use like like diagrams with green screen Mm -hmm. but I can't use like actual because I have a 3d printed vulva with the clit and I can't use that on TikTok either
0: well thank you so much for being here um thank you for having me we're super excited um I would love for everyone to get like a brief rundown of how you got to this place like how did you get to be a relationship and sex coach
2: yeah I mean I think like a lot of people in the sex space it's like you have to have a lot of enthusiasm (laughs) for it so like I like sex (laughs) that's number one um But, like, in all honesty, like, I was someone who was very, like, explorative from a young age. I started having sex at 14, and, like, I didn't really have a lot of people to talk to about it. Like, I was the one who was probably the most risky, probably the one, like, having sex with the most people, experimenting, like, pushing the boundaries. But, like, I didn't really feel like I had a community around it. And I grew up in a very, like, sex negative household. Mm -hmm. And, I even went to boarding school and the whole school found out like 4 hours after I had sex for the first time and so there was a lot of shame and trauma with oh that gosh, yeah. and forced to be on birth control and had to talk to the school priest and because there was so much like traumatic like conditioning around like sex that it was such a bad thing like the further I went through my life and my career, I realized that, like, we really need more, like, sex-positive places, and we need a lot more education that's centered around, like, pleasure, but also, like, the whole, like, aspect of sexuality and relationships. Like, a lot of us don't have healthy modeling when it comes to relationships. I know I'm a child of divorce. My parents' divorce was awful. So like, I've kind of just like (laughs) learned through experience like a lot of us do, whether it's relationships or sex. And then I think also too, like I experienced sexual trauma in um, college as well. And I think it's so important, like me taking control of my pleasure as like my own person and realizing that I was worthy and deserving of that as someone who experienced trauma, and as someone who's always been in a bigger body for as long as I could remember, like, I wanted to support people through that journey so that they don't have such a rough time that I did. Like, I had it fucking rough. And I just want to make it easier for people because like, it shouldn't have to be this way.
0: No. No. I mean, it's really cool that you would like I feel like what you could go one way or the other, right, but you're like trying to help others. That's Mm -hmm. really like commendable. I don't know if like a lot of people could do that after going through some of that stuff, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, it definitely took a while to get to this point. Don't get me wrong. I mean when it came to like the sexual trauma, like that happened my sophomore year of college. And I didn't have the tools, the resources or the support that I needed at that time. And so my brain compartmentalized it, put it in the back, I wanted to live my life as normally as possible, like enjoy college. And it wasn't till five years later, that's when my brain my subconscious mind was like bitch now is the time to heal (laughs) like you have to do it now and even through that like that was probably when was that like 2017 2018 and then I didn't start fully focusing on sex and relationships until like the last like two, three years of my career. Um, I was more focusing on like life coaching and helping people with like mindset and mental health because I still had my own healing that I had to get through before I was ready to support and like help other people with that too. But uh, supporting clients with trauma specifically, that's sort of like one of my specialties. <laughs> and I think because I've been through it, like I'm able to support people even better. hmm so what other
1: things like types of things do people come to you for? So help with after sexual trauma, what other types of things? Yeah,
2: I'd say most of my clients, I support mostly women, I'd say probably like 90% of my clients are women, specifically, women who are wanting to experience more pleasure, whether that's like solo or partnered, like I'm a huge believer and supporter of like, having a self-discovery journey when it comes to pleasure. Because I feel like a lot of us aren't taught that our pleasure matters. We're not taught about our anatomy. We're not taught how to explore what we enjoy. And the more that we're able to explore that solo, the more it actually helps our relationships because we can communicate what we want with our partners. Mm -hmm. So all aspects of pleasure, I'd say exploring like kinks and desires. Uh, some people come to like spice up their existing relationships, work on communication challenges within their relationships, some are going through breakups, divorce, all sorts of stuff. So it really just kind of varies.
1: A full gamut.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so would you say you have like a specialty and that in that you like to talk mostly about pleasure like figuring out like what gives you pleasure and like how to experience that more
2: a hundred percent yeah I would say that's at least what's mo- the most enjoyable <laughs> to
0: me <laughs> is pleasure you know
2: and yeah I mean even even in the world like pleasure is like enjoyment right but I think there's a common misconception too that pleasure has to be just sexual and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be and like with the more that we experience pleasure, the more it actually helps us with confidence too. And feeling more confident, whether that's like in your relationship, in your job, like going out on dates, like, you know, the more pleasure that we allow ourselves to experience ourselves, like the more we radiate that confidence and that energy and then people are just like drawn to us.
0: Yeah, I think... I definitely think that's true because I feel like once you know more about what you like specifically in the bedroom you feel more confident going in to any type of well I guess not any but most sexual experiences like you can feel like with yourself or with a partner I feel like you're I don't know at least for me because I definitely was not I wouldn't say sexually confident you know for a good chunk of my life you know so like now that I feel like I know what I actually like I feel like way more confident yeah in tune I like that Nikki thank you
1: well I was thinking about it where she was saying like if you pleasure yourself then like you have more confidence in the world and things and this is a little TMI but when I'm not feeling confident about myself I don't do that Mm. And I, it's like a, like when I'm having bad times in my life, I just don't pleasure myself at all. Interesting.
2: Yeah. I think there's some sort of like psychology component to that. Mm -hmm. Like if we're not feeling good, especially if we're feeling low, maybe experiencing anxiety, depression. Mm -hmm. I know like with seasonal stuff Mm -hmm. too, we're getting into fall and winter, less sun, So we might just be ordering in more like not taking our baths, not doing our skincare, but it's all like, it's all related, but what's actually going to help us get back to feeling good is taking care of ourselves. But I also like taking the approach to self-pleasure as like making sure that it's a fully consensual experience. So the same thing as when we're having a sexual encounter with a partner, we want it to be a full body fuck yes, or it's a no. So I'm someone who for a long time would have like a daily self-pleasure practice. I like to do it in the morning because it gives me more energy than mm-hmm. coffee or like before presentations, <laughs> most podcast <laughs> interviews before yeah. a date. Oh! I love <laughs> <out>. like to rub one out. Like it gives you the glow unlike anything else. But like you are pretty I'm, glowy right now.
0: You are. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I use my Luan. <laughs> <laughs> like the more that we sort of give ourselves permission to like receive pleasure, even if we're not feeling good, it's like giving ourselves that orgasm or even pleasure without an orgasm, right? It doesn't have to be focused on an end goal. It's like, we still get chemicals released in our brain when we experience an orgasm, right? We get the oxytocin, we get um, all the feel good hormones like it. We get the endorphins like our chemical makeup changes when we have an orgasm. So it absolutely can influence how we feel and our mood.
0: Yeah, I feel like I'm the opposite that if I'm in a bad mood, I like to really. Yeah, because it makes or if I'm sick, it makes me feel better.
1: If I if I'm hungover, I will. Yeah. Helps a headache. <laughs> yeah that sounds so bad but yeah yeah or on my period 100% Mm -hmm.
0: on your period it feels so like there's something about it
2: it's the best (laughs) yeah yeah. it it definitely can help with cramps too Mm -hmm. because the
0: contraction with the orgasm can help release
2: and also I found at least it's not like fully proven but I found that the more I masturbate on my period the quicker it ends (laughs) because all the blood is pushed out (laughs) there's not enough there's not enough like studies or information yeah. done on this, so it's not like conclusive evidence. But that's something that I found at least is that the more I'm masturbating or like having sex with a partner, the more the quicker the the period's gonna be. But what you were saying too, with like both of you having sort of a different desire threshold for like stress, so this mm-hmm. is something that um is shared a lot I don't know if you've read the book come
0: as you are by Emily Nagoski no but mm-hmm. someone's recommended it before I remember yeah. writing it down at some point
2: I definitely would check it out I don't have it here with me because I just moved
0: to New York so
2: <laughs> most of my stuff is in boxes right now
0: I know congratulations um, I saw that on thank, TikTok. You. <laughs> <laughs> thank you
2: it's so exciting um but essentially, this book is all about female pleasure. Number one, it helps with like anatomy, understanding yourself, understanding your libido, especially like in a relationship with with someone who doesn't have the same as yours, which I'd say probably 99% of relationships or partnerships have different libidos anyways. But part of what she teaches in this book is that we all have a different Um, like drive that revs our engine. So some of us might feel more aroused during stress versus not, or having that orgasmic release can help us manage the stress versus some of us kind of like recluse when we're feeling stressed. So those are like the different break mechanisms. And then in terms of desire, there's a difference. So some of us experience a more responsive desire to where we need it to be the perfect situation in order to, In order for us to even consider feeling like we're wanting to be in the mood, like no laundry out, like the dishes have to be done, like your to-do list done, like there's no gardener outside, like it has to be like the perfect storm. Or there's some people who feel like they have a more spontaneous desire where it doesn't matter. Sometimes just like hearing the dryer humming is like arousing and you're just like, yeah, I'm just down to bone. (laughs) And I mean, for me personally, I've been both sides of the spectrum and like it's changed over time and with our hormones too fluctuating. So there's so much that goes into that too.
0: That's wild.
1: I'm like, I'm thinking about how Alex probably has to have all the dishes and everything. No, like no. Now. Okay.
0: no. <laughs> Definitely not. She's like, clean, I'm ready to go. She's a clean freak. So
1: that's how I'm like,
0: that's how I am with work for sure. No. I okay. need everything like clean mm. before I can work. um but not to orgasm um okay so I think the question we get the most um when we do like Q&A's or um I don't know just like in general from every from our audience is how do I be more confident when I am having sex or going into like you know having sex for the first time with someone new. That's just the question we get the most. And I think, you know, Nikki and I have our own tips and tricks, but those are ours. So coming from, a, a I think we need an expert to weigh in. So we're super excited for you to give us your your tips and tricks.
2: Yeah, I'd say, I mean, confidence really is a learned skill. I think most of us aren't born confident or I mean, if we think of it even way back when we are children, maybe some of us are confident because we don't have the cultural conditioning put on us that we have to be so considerate of people or wonder how we look or if this person likes us or do we smell? Like uh, oftentimes when we're in the bedroom with someone, it's like this is probably one of the most intimate things that we can do with someone, right? Mm-hmm. Like bump and ugly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? but like a lot of it is like, I think number one, it's like learning how to develop the confidence within yourself and not place so much emphasis on the other person. Because Mm. I feel like when we do that, we take ourselves out of the experience. And then it almost becomes a performance in a way, Mm. like when we're so concerned on like, what does this other person think? Um, So I think it's, Part of it, part of developing confidence, I think, prior to having sex with someone is like having in depth conversations about what you like and what you expect and what your boundaries are. This is something that I do with new matches on dating apps before I even go out to dinner or drink with them. Like, I will have a full conversation about my boundaries and expectations before I even decide that they're really enough to take me out. (laughs) to me sexual compatibility is Huge, like a non-approachable yeah. mm-hmm. and so whether you <laughs> take that method or you want to get to know someone first I think in general like talking about sex outside of the bedroom is like a really key place to do that I think discovering yourself and like giving yourself permission to explore use new toys um, watch porn read erotica smut, all of that stuff it's like give yourself permission to figure out what it is you like. And then also don't be afraid to speak up for yourself and give feedback to your partner, because especially the first time, most of the time it's not going to be a hundred percent, right? The more that we get to know someone and the more we get to know their body and what they like and whatnot, it's like we can communicate everything and maybe everything will go according to plan. Maybe it won't, but like, that's okay. So just keep in mind that like, it's okay to say like, oh babe, that feels really good, but can you move a little to the left? Or like, I'd love it if you use your finger too with your mouth or like, actually, can we switch positions? This one's uncomfortable. And like, I know for me personally, like, I mean, I started having sex at 14, but it wasn't until I was 24 when I actually started having really enjoyable sex because that's when I actually like, learned how to communicate When things were working and when things weren't working, and that's also when I decided that oral was a non-negotiable for me, and that I have to get off multiple times before their dick goes anywhere near me.
0: I don't know if I'm allowed to say dick. Yeah, yeah, you (laughs) You are. You can say dick. Say dick as much as you want. Dick, (laughs) dick, 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 dick. dick. I do, and it (laughs) makes Alex says all the time. Very uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Which is love it. Because well, um. I have a, I have like, I I don't know. I have a perfect dick. Like, I just know what I like. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. she so goes I talk into, about it a
0: lot. She goes into detail about her
1: perfect dick often. I love it. <laughs> I love it.
0: Doesn't mean I love it. that it has, that has to be the one that I get for forever, but you know, like goals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean,
2: we can all have preferences and that's Mm -hmm. totally okay. And I think it's also, I mean, that goes into like, it's okay for us to communicate our preferences to our partners. And I think also another thing, like coming back to the confidence too, like I know something that I experienced a lot of shame of, like at the beginning of my sexual journey was around like a pubic hair. And for the longest time, like, I would not have anyone near me unless I was, like, fully shaved and groomed. And then the last, like, three years, I started rocking a full 70s bush, and I've never felt more confident with myself. And what's funny is, like, I've gotten only positive feedback from that. Like, a lot of people are into it, and it just goes to show that sometimes our biggest insecurities... Are actually projections on what we think we should be doing whether it's you know what we're seeing in porn or in the media or Mm -hmm. you know the conditioning that we're getting from magazines or influencers or whatever you know like everyone's telling us all these different ways of like what we should be doing when in reality what's going to build that confidence is like taking a moment to like ask yourself like what do I want right Mm -hmm. now and following that like unapologetically like that's really what's going to build the confidence is not trying to be someone else right
1: and honestly like every person I've ever been with hasn't given two shits
2: about like what I was insecure about
0: Mm -hmm.
2: no most most of them don't care and I mean like I have stretch marks like I have nipple hair like I'm a hairy girl like most of the time I don't shave um so it's just like most most people are just like grateful to be in bed with you Mm -hmm. like they're just so excited to be there that it doesn't fuck it all that shit like doesn't matter it really doesn't matter but I think in building confidence before other than the communication is like do things for you that make yourself feel good so like I really have started getting into like lingerie just for myself I walk around in it in my Apartment, or I walk around naked, and I put on music, and I make like getting ready and experience. So it's like if you have a sort of like ritual that helps you feel good before, like do it. I love taking thirst traps by myself, and mm-hmm. I I don't send them to most people. They're just for me. I have yeah. dudes all through my phone. <laughs> and they don't go anywhere. Like, whatever FBI agent is like hacking me or tracking me, like <laughs> they're having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> But like getting in that practice too, it's like seeing yourself in the mirror. And like this, I think, has been the biggest practice that helped me go from like self-hate to self-love is aiming for neutrality, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can't just go overnight to loving yourself, right? right? So I like to do this like mirror practice where I like look at myself in the mirror and like tell myself all the things that I love about myself. Or it could even be like looking at the things that you feel insecure about and then sharing ways that actually like, that's a good thing. So like for me, a big insecurity I had a lot of time was like my calves, my calves are massive. I could never fit into the boots in like middle school that all the girls, all the popular girls would wear. And it made me feel so insecure and how I would talk to myself in the mirror is like, actually, these are sexy, strong calves and they're like, built with muscle and it allows me to do my spin classes and allows me to walk and like oh people are envious of these calves like they're <laughs> fucking sexy like I don't need boot. like, yeah, fuck boots like <laughs> you know so just like gas yourself up and like you'll you'll start to believe it and you might start crying at the beginning and that's totally fine and beautiful but I think we often don't give ourselves enough like time and permission to like actually be with ourselves and like look at ourselves and enjoy ourselves we need to start looking at ourselves through our own eyes instead of through someone else's
0: yeah
1: yeah alex and i talk about that all the time like how walking like for me walking around my house was one of the biggest things like i walk in I, i don't get dressed until like i'm fully ready for the day like i just like seeing little peaks of yourself how other people like see you kind of like without like it being perfectly poised just like neutralizes your body
0: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah yeah 100% and I mean most of the time I'm not put together like I put together on top but like I'm wearing sweatpants (laughs) on the bottom like I only showered maybe an hour before this call like (laughs) most of the time I'm just like fully grubby and sweats like I don't care so I think giving permission to look how you are is, you know, that's great. Like that's going to build confidence too. It's like, we don't need filters. We don't need makeup. We don't need clothes to make ourselves feel better.
1: A question we actually get a lot is because well, I want to say a lot of plus size people are inexperienced, but the reality is a lot of people are inexperienced and haven't had sex, haven't had a first kiss, haven't Mm -hmm. dated. But we get a question a lot, like, do I need to tell the person? How do I explain this to them? Do you have any like tips for
2: that? I mean, I think it's totally up to your own discretion. I mean, sex is a skill. Same with confidence, mm. the learned skill and like the more practice, like the more confident we'll feel. But I think the same thing it's like, even if you've never had sex before at all, you're not obligated to tell the other person that it's totally up to you. I mean, I think it depends on the scenario who the partner is, like, how it's established, like, do you want them to be more nurturing and understanding and you know, bear with you with that, like, do you want to (laughs) just go through the experience, like, it's totally, it's totally up to your own discretion with that, with communicating that, Um, I think in general, too, and then if, like, focusing on, like, having sex in bigger bodies with maybe people that haven't, you know, had sex with someone who's bigger, I think some of it is just, like, saying, like, hey, like, some positions might be harder for me, Um, but like we can figure it out together. But I mean, I know for me personally, in my own sex life, my body, my size has never been anything that's deterred me from having sex. Mm. If anything, it's like, it's what people are attracted to. Maybe it's fetishized a little bit.
1: Oh, and are you okay with that? How do you feel about that?
2: Um, I feel mixed. Like even sometimes when I'm walking around, like I like the attention that I get. But also, sometimes I'm just like, I just want to be in my body and just enjoy myself. So I mean, I, I don't like it when people tell me that, like, they only like thick women. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, you're definitely fetishizing me in that case, or when people say like I normally date skinny girls but you're just so hot like that really like I want to punch them in the fucking face I'm like I wish you kept that to yourself like I'm not your experience experiment Mm -hmm. and like I know I'm not alone in feeling that too I know it's like really tough being in a bigger body and experiencing that with dating Mm -hmm. but I know like I'm not someone who shares in my profile like I'm a thick woman like they can see from my photos you know mm, right um I'd say the biggest challenge that I've had with dating um the last few years has been with uh, my herpes status and disclosing that mm. before I meet up with people but that really hasn't been that much of a challenge um because I just put it in my dating profile oh okay. oh just like right out there hmm okay and since doing that, it actually makes it a lot better because yeah. people self select mm-hmm. and right. no one matches with me unless they're cool with it. Yeah. Right. And most people are like, yeah, I don't care. Sit on my face, anyways. <laughs> like, great. Yeah. <laughs> How's next Tuesday? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> That's smart, though. Yeah. I mean, because then you don't have to have the whole conversation. Yeah. And I, I mean, mean you I still you have I, a conversation. I, I just do. mean, you don't have to be like, okay, Hey, before we go further, you know, like let's.
2: Yeah. And I know like everyone with disclosure of really anything, it doesn't have to be herpes. It can be anything. I mean, everyone can go about it a different way. Like I have friends and other creators in the space who like to have that conversation in the DMS before matching or some people like to do it like on the date in person, me personally, like I'm a busy girl. Like I don't want to waste my time. So like, if you're not okay with something that I can't control, like I'm not going to bother going out with you period. Um, But I think also too, it's like some of that's like the education piece, like, 70% of the population has oral herpes anyways. So like the worst part about it is the stigma, not actually having it. Like Mm -hmm. I haven't had an outbreak in a year
1: Mm -hmm. and I take
2: Valtrex every day. So part of it's like educating people who are not so educated on that, but it's also like not my job to do that either. So if, if someone's matching with me and, you know, having sex and not having safe sex and not getting tested and, doesn't know their status. Like, I wish them the best, and hopefully one day yeah. <laughs> they learn and get tested and you know make better decisions. But you know, like that's that's their that's their prerogative. Um, yeah, sex and a bigger body. I mean, in terms of disclosure and all of that, I mean, it just comes down to having a conversation, like person to person, and you can roll this into your conversation before meeting up or once you're already established I mean I'm sure if this person's going out with you or wanting to have sex with you like they know what you look like and they're attracted to it like if sex is on the table they're down Mm -hmm. so I think if we take some of the pressure off that way it's like it's not will this person like me it's like they already like you they're already attracted to you they already want to bone you (laughs) so like stop putting the pressure on like that aspect and I think just communicating more like hey like I know that you know maybe I get tired on top or certain positions don't work for me like in terms of positions that I feel like are very helpful in bigger bodies I like using anything where you're able to sort of like brace yourself and use like gravity to your advantage. So I personally do like being on top, but I don't have the energy or patience to do it for long periods of time. And I will only do it either on a bed or on a couch. And preferably I like to do it on a couch where my partner is like sitting with their back against the couch and you're straddling on top of them. But then you're able to hold on to the couch or hold Mm on to the wall or their shoulders, Mm -hmm. and then that way it's a lot easier on your knees.
0: Hundred percent. And then I
2: think the
0: biggest (laughs) or a chair,
2: or a chair. If you're tall,
0: if you're tall, I'm not tall, but um, you can have your. Well, I do the couch thing, (laughs) but I know some people do the having a chair. You can have your feet on the ground. That helps.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I be careful though like definitely not a rolling chair yeah. <laughs> like I would think couch couch is probably the safest mm-hmm. um or like you know your partner could be sitting, like sitting on the floor and you on top of them that mm-hmm. way or like leaning against the wall like if you have something that is like you're able to brace to like that makes it easier and then I think also too with being on top I think part of like mainstream porn tells us that we need to be fucking acrobats and like, that's not true. <laughs> I think with being on top too, like what actually feels the best is if you're doing the grinding motions going around instead of mm-hmm. up and down, like that's going to be a lot easier on your knees, on your hips, you're going to be able to go for longer. It's a different sensation than um, if you're having sex with someone that has a penis, like And they're just jackhammering in you. It's a completely different sensation. And when you're on top, that gives you better ability to come because it hits your G-spot better. Mm -hmm. And it leaves hands-free potentially for your partner or for you to touch, to rub your clit or use a toy or whatnot if you need um, multiple stimulus to have an orgasm so it really puts you in the best position for that it does sorry
1: i miss sex
0: it does
1: Um, (laughs) uh what okay so on top do you have any other like go-to positions because like i know i i can barely do doggy like unless Mm -hmm. the person's well endowed my butt is just too big for the average man
2: Yeah, I'd say um, in terms of other positions, like doggy, like, again, most of these positions, you can modify to make them work. Um, Like, instead of doing doggy, specifically, like, both of you on your knees, like, you could be fully down, or use pillows to prop up, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense, like prop up your hips so that it's a different angle, if that makes sense, and have it be against the bed where your hips are almost off it mm. um does that make sense it does okay yeah. <laughs> yeah using pillows using sex wedges um there's all sorts of you know like sex furniture although most people can't afford it but using props in the bedroom is a good idea because it also can change the orientation so that the angles are better so that it hits better Um, with doggy also a modified doggy I'm trying to like visualize in my brain Um, you could also do like a position that I like is kind of like when you're spooning kind of on the side but then you have one leg up and one leg back like I kind of sleep like (laughs) the running man
0: the running man Yeah. Is that a name? And then
1: <laughs> It looks like the red man. Oh, I yeah. didn't know if that was the
0: actual sex <laughs> no. name. Oh, no. I don't, I don't I'm know. I'm
1: just saying this- she was, was like, oh, like the running <laughs> Nikki. <laughs> yeah. I don't know
2: if this particular position has a name. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you go from like, kind of like spooning, but um, your like chest is like down, more down on the bed. That can also put in the angle, but like differently, but using gravity with you, so that the force of your partner is hitting in that angle differently. um And then also with oral too. Like I personally like I I love being a woman on top. Like I love face sitting, and I think a lot of women and bigger bodies feel like it's not for them. But I'm here to say that's
0: bullshit. Yeah, it scares me <laughs> a little bit. <laughs>
2: again, with like using something to brace. So I like when I'm sitting, I like to have my partner laying on the bed with their head, like the pillow area. Um, and then you can either like squat, like, so you can either have your feet down on the bed, and squat over them. Or sometimes what I like to do is do one knee down, and one foot up. Mm. So that you're able to control yourself better. So it's like, Some men really like to be smothered or women, whoever you're sleeping with. Some people like to be smothered, (laughs) like they're into that. Um, Most people still need to be able to breathe. (laughs) (laughs) So I like doing like the one leg down, the one leg up so that I'm able to hold on like the headboard or the wall and like control myself a little bit better. That tends to work the best, um, at least from what I've done. But yeah, just don't be afraid. <laughs> don't be afraid to do it. Like if your partner wants you to sit on their face, they are accepting what could possibly happen. Like if they <laughs> want to get smothered, they want to get smothered.
1: <laughs> I mean, fair. Yeah, <laughs> I've been, a- it's been asked of me. I did it. I enjoyed it. He didn't die. He
2: didn't. Yeah. Die. No, oh, yeah. but
1: on the other I've had a guy go down on me and like I squeezed my thighs around his face and he like complained that I almost suffocated him. <laughs> really?
2: Well, I mean with that too it's like we don't always have control over our bodies. Like I know like some weird quirks that I have like when I'm having an orgasm especially when like um I have a partner inside me like they're on top like I sometimes the way that my body contracts like my body almost like pushes their dick out and it's like I can't control it it just like happens yeah. and they just like they're like what the fuck I'm like this is what my orgasm does like I don't know what to tell you like yeah. I'm sorry like it happens. you're like, welcome let's just keep going like <laughs> no you did a good job high five let's keep going <laughs> get back in there bud get back in there yeah Um, and I think also with like modified positions too, that can help is like use like non-traditional places to have sex. Like I really like leaning against a countertop. Like that's a great way to do doggy that's assisted that might feel more comfortable, is like whether it's your kitchen counter, bathroom counter, or you know, standing or kneeling on a chair and having your partner go from behind you or, you know, with Oral, if you're on your back, laying on the kitchen counter, that's a much different height. (laughs) So that might feel good too. (laughs) (laughs) They can see everything with the great lighting in the kitchen. (laughs) Yeah, lovely.
1: (laughs) Lovely. All the fluorescent lights.
0: (laughs) Or you can turn off the lights too. Now I'm I'm glad that I have uh, a dimmer.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm just thinking, I don't have a countertop for that in my kitchen.
0: (laughs) That's true. I
1: got that small, you know, that small kitchen. Uh, Yeah.
2: Well, again, like I, I like having, I think it's great to have sex in like non-traditional places. And I feel like also like the older we get, the more often we just like automatically gravitate towards the bed, which like. Yeah. you know it makes sense it's like comfortable it's the place but I think a lot of people too like are lacking a lot like of that novelty
0: too comfortable and I think yeah mm-hmm. and it makes it really hard to like get like a grip mm-hmm. going for the legs or whatever unless I'm like not doing any of the work I feel like I have to be not on a bed
2: yeah <laughs> yeah I mean
0: couch might be better
2: than couch yeah. yeah
0: that's where I'm having sex the most for sure Is Aziz yeah
2: and I think it's just that everyone's different and everyone's places are different and like what's available to us is different mm-hmm. so it's just like give yourself permission to explore and like if something's not working like it's okay to adjust and it's okay to communicate that with your partner if it's not working and adjust like at the end of the day we all just want to have a good time and so Like, I hope that your partner cares about your pleasure and wants you to get off too. And if they don't, then that's not something that you, that's not someone you should be having sex with anyways.
1: Yeah, very true. I think like, like you said, communication is the most important part.
2: A hundred percent. A hundred percent.
1: The only way to feel comfortable communicating is like to start, like to start and keep going. Like the more you communicate, the easier
2: it is a hundred percent yeah communication is a muscle and it gets easier the more that we do it and it might be scary and hard to do it at first you know especially if it's a newer partner or maybe you have a partner in the past that you know didn't respond well to your communication but the more that we communicate for ourselves the more we're able to advocate for ourselves and the more likely we're going to have more enjoyable experiences and like the biggest correlation between having good sex are the couples who communicate about it the most
0: yeah
2: and communicate it communicate about it the most like outside of the bedroom so it's like you can have like a debrief during aftercare I know that's not something most of us are taught when it comes to sex that we're able to you know give each other what we need after sex some people might need space or they want cuddling or you want to take a shower together get a snack or have water like that's all part of aftercare you can also say like how was that for you is there anything you'd like more of or less of Mm -hmm. or next time I'd really like to try this or maybe we should actually (laughs) have sex before we go out to dinner because I'm feeling really bloated right Mm -hmm. now I know for me like I have so many dietary like issues, and like I get nauseous very easily. So like I'm in pro support of like fucking before
0: dinner. Mm-hmm. Like that's honestly the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, makes sense to me. I would like that as well. Maybe even yeah. after.
1: I know couples <laughs> who are like, okay, are we eating? Or are we having sex? We choose. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, both sex mm-hmm. and then food later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> take out and then actually
0: <laughs> I had a I had a like ex who like I remember on our fourth date asked me like what I was into and I thought that was so weird and I was like oh my god this is a red flag and but I was so much younger um and um now I'm realizing that's not weird at all but you know like I think we need to be open to that like the the thought that that, I mean, he didn't do it in a creepy way either. I'm. Mean, it's not like he came at it from like a weird like. Let's talk about kinks and yeah. you know it was sort of like. So what are you into? Like, let's talk about like what we both like. And I was like, huh, this is weird. It just feels so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, all right. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs>
2: I was like, but yeah. I, I think
0: the issue was that I like really didn't know. Um and, I mean. He was patient, so, like, you know, we did, like, we were able to, like, learn and understand and, like, he was helpful in that. But I think, like, if I had had a better understanding of what I liked ahead of that, it probably wouldn't have been such an awkward combo for Mm -hmm. me to have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I've, I've been there, too. I remember in my
2: early 20s, like, often, I mean, I, my early 20s, I was a lot of a fuck girl, and... Mostly just had casual sex, and it was on my agenda. I would do the booty calling. I was the one in control, and I would kick them out. No intimacy, no nothing. And if they tried to booty call me, they were kicked off my roster. So (laughs) I I ran a (laughs) (laughs) savage. I ran a tight (laughs) ship. Um, But often with new partners, like they would ask, like, "What are you into?" And like, it took me a while to figure out. Like, I mean, I knew what I was into, but For a lot of the time, like I was afraid of communicating what I was into because I was afraid that that would turn them off. Right. And I mean, just the the day I decided that like oral was a non-negotiable or I need a lot of communication or I prefer like longer marathon sessions or I need you to mentally stimulate me before your dick goes anywhere near me. Me learning how to communicate those boundaries and expectations resulted in me only having good sex. Mm -hmm. before I was having decent sex like I was still in control of my sex life but it was like I was kind of chasing the orgasm just to get off just to release my stress Mm -hmm. I wasn't actually feeling embodied in the experience and then when I gave myself permission to like know what I want and then communicate it I only attracted people who were into that and if they weren't into that then I just removed them and then went on to the next person So I think, like, having those conversations earlier on, like, the better. But, man, I remember at the very beginning, I was so afraid. (laughs) I
0: was so afraid to say what I wanted. Yeah, and I think, like, as women, we are very much trained to be, like, oh, the the pleasure is for the man. Um, I mean, I know that that's how I felt, like, growing up, that it wasn't, like, we never really talked about what it was like for a woman so it's sort of like okay what do you like because I'm here to like please you which isn't what this is about um Mm -hmm. so I'm glad things have changed where we're talking about this more um because I was just like yeah whatever you're into I'm into you know which isn't true
2: (laughs) Yeah. yeah which like it's so fucked up that that's like how we're taught about sex I mean if we were lucky enough to have sex ed at all, like it's pretty, uh, pretty heterocentric view of like penetration only and it's mm-hmm. finished when the man comes and mm-hmm. like that's it. When in reality, it's like we're not taught about like the clitoris and that its only function is pleasure, period. And that um, only 18% of women can experience an orgasm through penetration alone. Right. Like what? But yeah. like, mainstream porn and all of the conditioning that we've seen and like you know movies like all those romantic movies where everyone comes at the same time Mm -hmm. like it doesn't always happen that way it's like I feel like very rarely it happens that way Yeah. and it misses the point where sex is like awkward and uncomfortable and like you know you fart you queef you laugh like you burp like bodily functions happen Mm -hmm. but a lot of the times what's out of the equation is like our pleasure and I think with foreplay too it's like foreplay isn't a non-negotiable. Foreplay is a requirement because yeah. your body needs to be lubricating enough and like warmed up enough even to receive anything inside of it. Mm-hmm. Like the the vagina's like resting state is only about 3 inches long. And if you think about it, if you're just ramming something into that when it's not aroused at all, like that makes for pretty like painful time yeah. and i think even the conditioning like what we're taught as women that like sex should be painful the first time we have it like no it shouldn't My it God. is because yeah. we're not experienced mm-hmm. and we don't know what to ask for yeah. and you know the people we're having sex with don't know either so that's part of it but it's like sex shouldn't be painful and if you're experiencing pain you probably need more foreplay, more lubrication, and potentially to see your gyno, because pain should not be happening when you're having sex, unless you want it. <laughs> unless right. <it's> yes. it. <laughs> Have so, you seen the, the Jared
1: Freed clip? Um, it's also in a special on Netflix, but it's like, he has women say, what what's your biggest ick? And her mm-hmm. this woman was like, when they ask, are you wet yet? And then it's him and another guy on the stage and the other guy's like face was like, wait what (laughs) like jared's like we should know (laughs) we should know we shouldn't have to ask it was so funny
2: yeah it's hilarious oh i haven't seen that but that's so funny but i think that also goes to show too it's like a lot of us like do like the vagina is naturally lubricating so oftentimes when we're aroused it does lubricate but also there's nothing wrong with needing lube. I love lube. I have probably 20 different brands of lube that I use. <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. And also like sometimes our body lubricates when we're not aroused and like, that's okay too. So being wet doesn't necessarily, that like, that's not the yeah, full indication that it, you're like ready arousal. to have sex. Right.
0: Right. Yeah
2: yeah our body and our brain doesn't always line up correctly (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. we learned so much I feel like and I hope somebody like everybody who's like nervous or who has reached out to us and was like how do you you know asking us the questions about how do you get more confident in the bedroom I hope they took something from this
0: me too yeah
2: Yeah.
0: I mean honestly
2: yeah honestly just confidence is like Just keep building that muscle and like keep thinking of yourself as like the sexiest person in the world because if you don't believe it, then other people won't either. And like you should get that validation from yourself, not from everyone else around you.
1: That's true.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I know it's nice to get the external validation. Don't get me wrong. It's easier said than done. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, you know, self-esteem is really important. And I think with confidence, it's like feeling good in your skin and that just that takes time and practice. And I think doing things that make you feel good, dressing in ways that feel good. And, yeah, nurturing yourself, exploring pleasure and knowing that you're at the forefront of your pleasure. Like that's so
0: empowering. Well, this is great. Thank you so much for coming on thank you so much. for introducing us to your vulva squishy yeah oh <laughs> I know we gotta say bye to her <laughs> hello does she have <laughs> do you does it have a name
2: no I don't have a name oh for gosh, her I feel like
0: you should name her I'll have to think on it think it's like it. it's like a baby like yeah. I've had her
2: for two years now oh wow okay, wow it's she- a long time
0: yeah I was like she's, she's not been a baby. through a lot of a lot of moves she's
2: a toddler yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of moves a lot of states with me she's done three cross-country moves <laughs> oh
0: wow look at her go yeah, yeah. <laughs> put in the gets around yeah she gets around she gets around <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much where can people find you if they would like to possibly take one of your courses or follow you on tiktok or instagram yeah Um,
2: my handle on, I'm mostly on TikTok, um, but it's the same on TikTok and Instagram. I am at, I am Catherine Drysdale. It's C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-D-R-Y-S-D-A-L-E. And then my link in bio has all the links on ways to connect with me. Um, I have a course that went a little viral on TikTok about like becoming multi-orgasmic. And I do have a $10 off coupon code for all your listeners so if you put in Yay. swipe fat you save ten dollars on that and honestly it's like the greatest tool because it teaches you all about you know anatomy and like ways to experience more pleasure and if you're having challenges with that it's like how to expand that and then if you're based in the New York area I do I'm doing an in-person no sex sex party uh, that's coming Fun. up November 4th and then I have a free virtual series coming up on the Moan app for November, all about like decentering orgasm from your pleasure experience. So it's gonna be like a 30 day edging
0: challenge. Oh, wow. So, wow. yeah.
2: Wow. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. Damn. <laughs> as much as I love orgasms, it's like it's gonna challenge me also. Yeah. So, like, not release in that time. And so the whole point is to, Decentered the goal or like the end destination, right? A lot of people, women especially, like struggle with experiencing orgasm or can only do it solo or only do it with a partner. And so by not focusing on the orgasm as the destination, you're then able to sort of enjoy the journey. And like, if you want to come, great, you know, <laughs> like that's <laughs> fine. If you have an orgasm through this process, great too. But I think decentering the orgasm in your sexual experience allows us to have more pleasure and be more embodied and more mindful in our experiences
1: very cool oh yeah make sure you go follow Catherine and
2: take that course yeah
1: (laughs) thank you so much thank you that was so great that
0: was awesome i
1: think that's a good way to kick off being back with
0: an orgasm Yeah.
1: And I feel like she actually (laughs) prescribed us all like
0: masturbating.
1: I think that was an unsaid prescription.
0: An unsaid prescription. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't like, you know. Doctor's orders.
1: Doctor's orders. Sex coach orders. orders. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) you're welcome. I mean, a code. That's awesome. The code's cool. Yeah.
0: Thanks. (laughs)
1: We also have to do some birthday shout outs, Alex.
0: Oh, okay. October birthdays.
1: So if you're part of our Patreon, we do birthday shout outs. So (laughs) if you're a member on there, make sure you give us your birthday so we can shout you out. Like we're about to shout out these October
0: birthdays. Happy birthday to Christina, Courtney, and Jordan. We love you guys.
1: Thanks for being a part of our community oh that was extra gushy but you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> okay well we'll talk to you guys next week bye, bye. follow along with us on instagram and tiktok at swipe
0: and if you're not a part of our private facebook group join that too just search swipe that podcast and if you love us make sure you subscribe and leave us a review